the fact that we know we need to leave a better world for our children. Um, we also need to leave better children for our world. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes a circle of real social impact and really working on these global and social issues that affect everyone. And, you know, the planet is an ecosystem. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, I'm excited to have on Nancy Conrad and Akesh Madan. Uh, Nancy is the founder and chairman of the Conrad Foundation, and she has started a foundation based on her late husband, Pete Conrad. He was an Apollo 12 astronaut. The Conrad Challenge now is is something after near and dear to my heart, let's put it that way. It is um, a competition based on innovation and entrepreneurship. And uh, his, our other guest is Ankesh. He was one of the winners, and he wanted to speak about what it has done for his life. And I can't wait for you to hear the invention that he came up with and what got funded um, with the help of the foundation. During this interview, Nancy was nothing but kind and generous. And since the interview, we have uh, been connecting back and forth. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited about where this relationship can go, which is exactly why I love this podcast. I am getting introductions and suggestions from people like you. So if you want to get a hold of me or make a suggestion, you can always contact me, Don, at startedupinnovation.com. All right, I'm excited for this one. I think you're sincerely going to appreciate it. Nancy and on cash. All right, now I'm excited to bring on Nancy Conrad uh, of the Conrad Foundation and also on Cash Madan. He is a recipient of the award and has gone on to do some amazing things. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, John. Okay, so Nancy, take me back from the beginning. Um, How did you get wound up in this awesome entrepreneurial, uh, let's inspire kids to do more kind of thing? Uh, So... Disclosure time. Uh, One, I'm a teacher, and that's like being a spy. You know, once you're a spy, you're always a spy. Once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. And Don, I've been working on transforming the way kids learn my entire life. Um, So that's piece one of this. Piece two is the inspiration of my late husband, who was a kid who happened to a little problem reading and spelling and got thrown out of a prestigious school. They thought he was stupid. And uh, of course he had dyslexia. They just didn't know what it was. And he ended up in this little school in upstate New York. The headmaster saw something in him, took him under his wing, and my husband ended up with a scholarship to Princeton. Uh, he became an aeronautical engineer. He liked to fly and he didn't have to read or spell. <laughs> so it was perfect. And then he went on to become a test pilot. And when President Kennedy asked for a few good men to go to the moon, Pete just saluted and said, hey, I like to fly. Don't care where you go. So Pete ended up four flights in space, nailed a pinpoint landing on the moon, flew Skylab, our first space station, rescued the lab, was awarded a Congressional Space Medal of Honor, and then went on to create really the foundation for the commercialization of space. So um, I looked at all of that and I went, wow, here's a kid, an educator takes him under his wing and that kid gets a moonshot. So that's what we're gonna do, we'll give kids a moonshot. So Pete was an explorer and an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. So I took his ability to innovate and the education that was so important to him to give him that launch pad, if you will, and his entrepreneurial skills, put those all together and decided, gee, 
we ought to create a way for young people to be able to design the future and to have an impact in the world, really social impact. So to solve global and, and local challenges. That's the birth. That is a heck of a way to start off this show. That's <laughs> a bonus points for being a teacher. Hooray. Um, but no, well, first of all, before we get into that, what a rare circumstance he was in to have somebody identify the genius that he was because yes. too often times that would have been, okay, you're done yeah. or we'll put you in a special class and yeah. throw you away. Uh, so kudos that that was just amazing. And then the legacy of that. Awesome. But then I, what melts my heart is, is like, okay, let's take this further. Let's, let's um, acknowledge what my husband did and, and then take it to a new level. So loving, loving that. Um, when was that moment though, that you're like, I want to focus on innovation and entrepreneurship? Uh, from the very inception of this. I mean, it was, it was really the melting of, of Pete's career and my passions and my passion for student-centered or learner-centered education which is what I've been doing all my life. And my passion for students, I think all kids are gifted and talented in one way or another. And so how do you give them a canvas to paint on? And Pete was very blessed to have this educator that helped him. And so I wanted to be that same educator who would embrace all kids and give them that opportunity to design the future, which is what he was working on. So it all kind of melted yeah. together very easily. So I've, I've heard you quoted as saying, you know, let, let's not think outside the box. Let's have no box. Explain yeah. that. Well, so I think, you know, fundamentally, all of our lives we've been taught, well, there's inside the box thinking and outside the box thinking. We believe there is no box. So these young people can design any idea they want. We don't say make this, and if you make it better, you win. We say, look, here are all the issues that are going on right now. And, and we work in aerospace, energy, cyber, health. Right now, we're also working with the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World so that tobacco is going to become obsolete. What are farmers going to do in Africa? And how do students uh, impress and, and demonstrate to young people that smoking is not an option? You know, in the space program, failure wasn't in an option. In entrepreneurship, it's mandatory. Well, smoking is not an option. And then we're also working with smart technologies this year for students to create technologies that could be deployed in the classroom. So the, the consumer of education actually becomes a participant in the classroom. Um, so, so there's no box around that. And we've actually created a no-box toolbox which is an organic framework to help teachers and students understand how to do innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, so explain what the Conrad Challenge is and, and how is this different from other like STEM innovation competitions you've seen? I, I just haven't seen anything like this, actually. Um, this is an opportunity for students to uh, participate in social impact. And, and to understand 21st century skills, you know, the four C's, how to collaborate. These kids work in teams of two to five, how to be creative. There's no box. You can dream up anything you want. How to do critical thinking. You have to solve global and local challenges. And then how to communicate because they present. And they present at the finals in real time. 
at Kennedy Space Center, I've said about it that it's sort of Shark Tank meets the Academy Awards for students. And so all of those skills are directly packed into this particular competition. Um, I think what's so unique about it is that we get teams of students from all over the world. And sometimes they work together from different countries, different states, different cities. You start to see education becoming diplomacy. It's a fascinating process. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Ankesh, um, thank you for joining us. So you're an alumni. Um, how did the, the Conrad Challenge inspire you? And, and, then, and then we'll get into your really cool goings on right now. Thanks, John. Uh, you know, I, I think when I look back on my own entrepreneurial career, I actually first participated in the Conrad Challenge back in 2010. So it's been a few years now. But, you know, it's actually, it's actually incredible how clear my path has been. Uh, Con the Conrad Challenge was my first exposure to entrepreneurship, thinking about, you know, I'd been involved in academic research before this. I spent some time at Duke University doing research purely in academia. But the Conrad Challenge was the first time <clears throat> I had the chance to see academic research or scientific breakthroughs be transformed into and, you know, put into the real world. How do you take these scientific breakthroughs? How do you apply them to real world problems? And how do you develop sustainable businesses around those types of products? That was the first time that, it, that I got to see a bridge being made between academic research and uh, you know, real world application. So for me, it was really, really informative. And you know, even though I spent some time and some years after that in academic research, I always, you know, and now I had a framework. I had a rubric that I could say, okay, here's what I'm working on in the lab. How can I take what I'm working on in the lab and translate it to the real world? I, I began to see everything I did in terms of the application that it could have and the problems that it could solve in our society today. So that's really, you know, those are some of the ways that the Conrad Challenge affected my, uh, you know, perspective as far as over the years since how I've been able to view the world and how I've been able to see problems in solving them. I love that answer for several reasons. Number one, so, you know, we're talking about what, eight years later and you're still at it. I, I've had, and this is just personal time, like I've had some students go through the class and they launched and it looked great and it just didn't work out. Um, you know, sometimes it was because everybody loved the freemium model, but never convert to the paid model. Or sometimes it was just wrong timing, good product. No matter what, most of them have understood this, but I'm going to, I hate to say force them to listen to this, but like some of my formers, I'm going to have them listen to this because it is that impact of maybe two years, three years, five years from now, the network that they're building is insane. Um, and you know, on that whole, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Okay. Let's know more people. And I think that's one thing I, that I've been, you know, digging into uh, what the Conrad challenge is. It's also building this great network of people that are like, Hey, I've been through it. You know, kind of like that camaraderie of, well, I went through, you know, SEAL training or I went to church camp or I went to that, that bonding experience that, that I can clearly hear in your voice. Um, so this, like you said, this is eight years later and it, you've had this now, this framework, you see how concept can come reality. Let's talk about some of your realities you, you've unleashed on the world here lately. It's pretty cool. Sure. So, um, you know, while I, uh, so the Conrad Challenge, when we did in 2010, our original concept had been in, reno in the renewable energy sector. Uh, we were looking at some ways of generating electricity from wave power. And you know, after doing after the competition, 
uh, we, my team and I, we ended up doing some additional review and realized, you know, maybe this, this product isn't the best fit, or maybe there are some technical challenges that we can't really surmount for this product, but that's okay. You know, we went on to pursue other projects and actually in doing so in college, I, I went to NC State and studied material science and engineering there. During my senior year at NC State, I co-founded a company called Undercover Colors, along with three other uh, state uh, students. And the company is dedicated to addressing the problem of drug-facilitated sexual assault on college campuses, or really anywhere in the country. And, you know, at the time, the reason we decided to address the problem, and this kind of goes back to the Conrad Challenge, you know, we rather than starting with a cool technology or something like that, we, you, you have to start with a problem. You have to figure out a, an existing problem in society, and you have to say, I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to address this problem. And then you think about the best modality to make that happen. So, you know, a few years later at, at NC State, that's what we decided to do. We decided to address the problem of drug-facilitated sexual assault and came up with different ideas and different products to address that. I love that. Um, hey, that's cool that you did that while you're in college. Um, that's seriously, that's so beyond awesome. However, let me go uh, dig into one of the problems that I, I've ran into time and time again. And, and, uh, like, honestly, I, you know, whoever wants to go first, I'll probably have Nancy go first. Getting to the gatekeepers. And that is to say, you're trying to get to students to be interested in entrepreneurialism. In my experience, I have seen that not enough educators understand, or it's not on their radar. Um, how are you getting through to more teachers that more students should be interested? At least, let's just agree to at least to this kind of thinking. How have you gotten through to them? And, and then what role do teachers play once they do acknowledge it? So the teachers that work with our students, uh, it's a very different relationship, Don. It's much more of a peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, the students form their teams, and they decide what product they want to, what challenge they want to address, and then they pick their coach. Uh, so the coach could be a teacher, a parent, an after-school person, a university graduate student, whatever, as long as it's someone over 18. And the relationship, and Ankish, I think you can attest to this, is, is so different because it's not a sage on the stage. It's very much a peer-to-peer -peer scenario, one, and two, all of our students have access to subject matter experts. And these people come from government, industry, and academia. And so the access to top tier thinkers in their particular sectors is also a door opener, not only for the student, but for the teacher. Uh, so we work with NASA, we work with different companies, Nokia Bell Labs, the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World, Smart Technologies, and other foundations and groups of uh, experts. And many of our board directors are experts in fields like aerospace and intellectual property. And so that community of practice that is the teacher as peer-to-peer -peer and coach, plus the subject matter experts, plus you have a global community of students that interact with each other, now you've got a family, you know, you've got people to reach out to and, and, and you can get advice and counsel and guidance from these people. So I think that's a real set apart that we do. 
You want to go next? Sorry. Oh, I I, I thought. Uh, sorry, I thought Akash was going to go next. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. So just I guess to add my own comments to that. You know, I can speak firsthand to how um, having educators who are knowledgeable about the space, who understand the importance of innovation, really have a, an outsized impact on, um, you know, a student's development. My own uh, mentor at the time and our coach for the Conrad Challenge, Myra Halpin, Dr. Halpin, she was our research professor. She, you know, helped us with our research projects, but she was also our mentor and coach throughout the Conrad Challenge. And Dr. Halpin is, you know, she's a pioneer in the space. She's absolutely incredible. Um, she's been involved with the Conrad Challenge ever since um, for, I think, eight or nine years now. And you know, she's been involved with trying to think about how to increase the uh, impact or increase the presence of innovation training in, in curricula for students. And for me, at least, you know, I've, I've kept in touch with Dr. Halpin. Uh, we catch up and it's been eight years and we still keep in touch. And that's something I think, you know, is absolutely crucial is having that, having an educator who, you know, has some background knowledge, but is also able to, you know, provide some guidance on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, that it just, it, it helped me a lot. And I know it helps other students as well. No, I, I, I love that. I, my problem and struggle has been, uh, attracting more educators to be interested in, in this way of thinking um, because it, it seems to be some of the hot spots that you would expect, uh, you know, areas of Boston, Austin, Texas, Palo Alto, et cetera, et cetera, Raleigh-Durham. Um, it's, it's, it's in places that that whole innovative way of thinking could be solving millions so of problems yeah. in rural areas that need, uh, you know, help in infrastructure or, you know, creating other opportunities for small areas. Um, your insights, either one of you, your insights on trying to transform smaller areas that could really use this kind of thinking? Um, I think some of it's a simple matter of outreach done. You don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. And we are uh, focusing very, very specifically this year. We've never done target marketing or any of that. Um, but we are focusing very, very much this year on expanding our outreach. Um, so I think this is the year that we get our moonshot, if you will. So reaching out to more and more teachers and more and more students uh, to participate in this and p.s it's fun i mean it's really fun and if it weren't fun pete conrad would come and he would be very upset with me because he was all about fun um, i think that bringing this opportunity to more students is very much center of our credenza and by the way dr halpin is is part of our team we bring our we also have a teacher of the year award and so Myra has been a recipient and the other recipients now become part of our family and work with us as advisors. And we do as much listening as we do talking. So can I just share one thing? Akish, the product they created got a lot of press. It was a nail polish that a woman could put into a cocktail and it would change color if there was date rape drug in there. That's huge. <laughs> I mean, that's so... No box. I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> that's great. That's so great. No, I, uh, you mentioned something that is like when purpose meets fun, 
why wouldn't why wouldn't you? Um, you know, and, and, and boy, I have to watch what I say, but, you know, and cash developing, like, I hate to use the word fun when you say you, you created a great drug, but that's at least fulfilling, um, that you had a purpose and then, and then you carried it forward. Uh, although I, <laughs> I do have to ask and cash, you know, all of a sudden getting a lot of media and all of a sudden you're an, like a bona fide entrepreneur in college. Did that make going to class a little tougher? You know, just or one quick comment, just to clarify, we, we developed a, uh, you know, we were developing nail polish that detects date rape drugs, but as far, you know, <laughs> I will admit the, the, all the press that happened, luckily we had, all, we had already graduated. So <laughs> <laughs> at the time I was actually starting my PhD program at Duke university and, uh, you know, it, it did make going to class a little tougher. I, you know, this is where the hustle comes in. We were, we were honestly swamped. We had a lot of media attention and that was something that none of us were used to dealing with. And, and frankly, it was pretty overwhelming. You know, we had requests come in from the Today Show. We were featured on Good Morning America, even though we didn't actually interview with them. Uh, there were, you know, thousands of articles in different languages. My cousins in India were like, oh, hey, we saw you on the local newspaper today. So there really was a global reach to the product and to the concept that we developed. That uh, I think, you know, going back to the hustle, this is where, you know, it was all about thinking, how do we compartmentalize? How do we think about, um, you know, dealing with this today, but also thinking about long term? How do we develop a product without letting the day to day really encumber us from doing that? And, you know, that's that's something that's tough to do, but it just takes experience. It takes early exposure, takes understanding that, you know, it's in the end, the goal is to solve a problem all of the other little things are just distractions to that goal. So I think, you know, having had the experiences I've had and having been exposed at, at an earlier age really has helped me throughout the years. Yeah. You know what? Expound on that. Like, so right now you're looking directly into a 15 year old's eyes, right? And you're mm -hmm. talking to her and you're, or a 16 year old or whatever. Some of the steps you can take now to like really get ahead. That's a good question. I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do, you know, there are ways you, you, at a, you can start at any age. There are, there are things like the Conrad challenge. Of course, that's, that was so instrumental for me. Um, I had the opportunity to participate in a, in academic research at an early age, but I think, you know, outside of structured competition, structured um, programs, there are also, you know, a lot of it has to do with just the more time that you spend your mind spends incubating ideas, the more time you spend just looking at what's being built, I think you learn through osmosis. For me, at least, you know, the first three years of NC State, even though I hadn't, wasn't starting a company at the time, I was involved with a, a, an organization called the Cairo Society, where these were all people that were young entrepreneurs from all around the world. And a lot of them already had their own companies, were building products. I didn't at the time. So I would, everyone was like, hey, I'm co-founder of so-and-so, and this is what we're working on. I was like, hi, I'm Ankesh, I'm a student. And, you know, that's okay. That's it's something that, uh, you know, it helped me, being surrounded by like-minded people helped me think about and continue, you know, think about everything I saw with the same rubric of how do I solve this problem? What can I do? And where do I want to direct my efforts and attention? So I think, you know, a combination of these structure challenges um, these structured societies, and also just being exposed to the startup community and, you know, thinking about how 
on a day-to-day basis, you can apply uh, innovation thinking to anything you do. I think that's really the best way to get started. Yeah, I love that answer. It's ironically enough, um, this year in class, uh, there the students are required to have a, a good LinkedIn presence um, because mm-hmm. most sixteen-year-olds aren't on LinkedIn. And and of course, I take Twitter very seriously. I mean, that's been kind of a bread and butter for years. Um, I'm verified, so it's gotten us some interesting people to call into the class. However because most 16-year-olds aren't on LinkedIn, that sets them apart. And they've been doing exactly what you're saying. Find these little subgroups, these tribes, um, and just, well, I've got to hold up a couple of my students uh, here. Like a couple of them last year just spent time not even saying what their project was, just being a part of a group and providing feedback. And they played that long-term. So when it was their time, six months later, oh, hey, this is what I'm working on. Shockingly, (laughs) they, they had a lot of support. Although they weren't a part of Cairo Society. So we, we, that's impressive, man. Anchor Jane, uh, yeah, big, fa- big fan worked, yeah, of Naveen. We worked, yeah, we, we worked with Anchor for a while and had some of our kids on for the uh, stock exchange. And things like that. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I actually, just a, one last comment there. I, the, sure. the, I met, uh, I got involved with Cairo Society first through, with, with Nancy. So Nancy, uh, I was one of the students that Nancy had taken yeah. to the stock exchange uh, for the um, the, the actual summit, uh, back in 2011, 2012. Something like that. Oh my. So. And it points to another thing, Don. Winning our competition is just the beginning. So our kids get to go to events like that. We have kids going to the White House. They speak with me at TED Talks. We just had a young man from Nigeria who opened the Nexus Conference in New York on the floor of the UN and got a standing ovation. A young person from Nigeria speaking with all these young philanthropists and entrepreneurs gets a standing O. So that whole piece of winning is important, yes. It's the, the community that we build around you and the opportunities that result as, as a um, byproduct, if you will, of working with the Conrad Awards and the Conrad Challenge. Yeah, that's, again, both both of you have said, you know, that beginning has led to now six years, eight years later. Right. That And I, I love hearing that too oftentimes. And I'm not knocking the university or sometimes even, you know, the Shark Tank moment, right? Where you mm-hmm. give a kid a check and you say, good luck, kid. And, you know, the data shows that it's, you know, that's, that night yeah. was the last thing that you'll see. That's um, called one and done. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, look, you know, it's a camera ready moment and people feel good about it, but sustainability, no, not, not so much. So I, I love, I love that you guys are, you know, doing that. And I, and, and my gosh, uh, what kind of a testimony, you know, do you have than, you know, than one of your formers and cashier, you know, laying out his vision and all the things he's done since. So that's, you know, yeah, the, the, the best, awesome. the best endorsements in the world are, are some of these they talk about going to the UN and, and doing those other great things. That's, that's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the credibility is, is obviously there. Um, so what's, what's next? Um, you guys, you said, mm-hmm. this is your year. This is your moonshot. What it is our moonshot. So, it, I mean, I, wave the magic to, wand and you wanted what to happen this year. Well, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the lunar landing. So 
I will have to share what we're going to do with you at another time <laughs> because we're working it. So awesome. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting project. And, you know, as I'm sitting here speaking with you, something I talk about from time to time is the fact that we know we need to leave a better world for our children. Um, we also need to leave better children for our world. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes a circle of real social impact and really working on these global and social issues that affect everyone. And, you know, the planet is an ecosystem. These students yeah. are an ecosystem. And um, that's what really floats my boat, you know. I love that. And, and, and if you can get the, the, you know, people to collaborate and, and of course we were kind of joking about this before we press record. I mean, right now everybody's so polarized. Well, you know what? No, the media would like to let you believe that we're also polarized. I don't think that we are. I think most people have this common bond. I think that most people aren't crazy leftists or radical rightists and all these other nonsensical things you hear. I think most people love the feeling of being alive and man, people coming together to solve some problems like they're doing the Conrad challenge. I, I just, I love, I love, I love. Well, um, anything like any place else you want us to go, whether it's, you know, like for both of you, like social media or uh, websites on cash, I'll let you go first. And then Nancy lets you wrap it up. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, just to piggyback on what Nancy was saying, one one of the things that we're also working on at the at the challenge is that you know, I'm part of the alumni leadership council, and one of the things that we're working to do we have a lot of projects in the pipeline, but uh, we want to, we want to build a vibrant community around the alumni that have participated now in almost nine or ten years of competitions, and you know what we find is I'm I'm still in touch with my teammates from from uh, 2010, and uh, one of them is one of my best friends, and there are other people that I met there that I'm still in touch with. Same goes for the Cairo Society. So like you were saying earlier, Don, there are these pockets of thinkers where you can meet them any, in everyday society. And I think the more, yeah, the more we instigate and um, inspire connections and interactions between those types of thinkers, the better results we'll see. Simple as that. So you know, that's one of the things that we're working on at the Alumni Leadership Council. And I wanted to <clears throat> add a comment about, uh, my, about undercover colors. You know, one of the, it's, it's been really exciting working on the company. You know, we've had a lot of traction. We had a lot of press, like Nancy mentioned, and, you know, we've had the opportunity to raise, um, we raised over $12 million in funding from a lot of investors, including Mark Cuban. And it's crazy because it's been almost five years now since we started the company. And I, I do, I wanted to bring this up because it, it really is, it's, it's not a sprint. This is something that's a lifelong thing. We started the company almost five years ago and actually just next week, our product, our first products are going to be hitting the market. So it took five years to get here, but you know, that's some, that's, that's how long things take. Um, that's my, that's the first company that I've had the opportunity to work on and, but it's not the last I'm going to continue, you know, applying the mindset that I've learned and the framework that I've, uh, you know, been able to develop to solve other problems. And, you know, that's, I think that's the mindset that we want to foster in the students of tomorrow. At any places we can find you on social media, any websites you want us to know about? Well, our site is conradchallenge.org and uh, we have launched our competition for this year, began on the 24th. And that first round will go into November 2nd. So the time to jump in is now. 
And I, I wanted to add one little piece, what Ankush just said. I mean, developing a no-box mindset and developing the skills to understand how to think and how to learn is really the big takeaway from this particular competition. Um, all the other pieces are just amazing. And when we see our young community of students who have patents, and by the way, they own them, we don't. Uh, they can choose to deploy, they can do whatever they want with them. We have one young student who's participated with us. She created a, a diagnostic for diabetic retinopathy. I mean, this is no small thing, right? Uh, the FDA approved it. She got early admission to Harvard. And uh, these are the kinds of things that these young people work on. These are important issues. Uh, stopping hand tremors, converting styrofoam into carbon crystals for water purification. I mean, this is amazing stuff. Water systems that are now in nine countries because they're portable and low cost. Um, in a birthing clinic in Nigeria where babies used to come out of the womb washed in dirty water because of kids that washed in clean water. It's just awesome. And so that whole can-do, no-box mindset, which you have, Akish, and bless you for the work you're doing. It's just great, and I'm so happy for your successes, and I know you will continue to um, solve more and more challenges as we go forward. So... We're very proud of our students, and we encourage other young people to jump in, have a great community of uh, young innovators and entrepreneurs, and learn no-box thinking. That's awesome. Well, guys, I, from sincerely, this is it's been encouraging. <clears throat> it's been everything that that I believe in, especially from you know empowering our youth and and Nancy, just you know how you took. Uh, a legacy and and are carrying it forward is just it's wonderful. I sincerely want to thank you for being on our show, and I will include all sorts of links and all these other great things in the description on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, John. We appreciate your time. Thanks and so thank much, John. Thank you, John. Fanish. Appreciate it. Good to see you. <laughs>